Thanks for joining us today. You can learn more about this show and the Wallowin program at wallowin.com. Music in this episode is from Dylan Gardner. Listen to his new album, Almost Real, on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your music. See you next week. What should you do when you have a major financial decision to make but aren't sure what to do? Let's discuss discerning God's will when it comes to making financial decisions today on The Catholic Money Show. This is going to be a fun topic. Fun, but also maybe complex. I don't know. Hopefully we don't ruffle too many feathers with the conversation today. Um, But oftentimes I've seen the temp people have this temptation to think that I have to kind of figure out all my financial stuff on my own. Mm. And that's not an area God really comes into, wants to come into, or really has any help in regard to. Mm. And we couldn't be further from the truth. Now, you and I, we had to grow in this. We had to learn this. Yes. We did not bring the Lord into our finances, not because we didn't want to. We just didn't know how or that he had any level of interest. Mm -hmm. Um, And we could go on and on and on about the ways that we have grown in this over the years. But we have a story from just this year. Oh, yes. A story from just this year that I want to share. And it comes from earlier this spring. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you remember what it was. Should I describe a little bit of the the, the details? So if you've been hanging around here for more than... Two seconds. You know that the Texeras, part of our family identity, is that we are RVers. We love RVing. We love camping. We love going on adventures. We love leaving Nebraska in the winter and going somewhere <laughs> more more warm. Except the one time we tried that, then Texas froze. <laughs> one of these years, we're going to strike that. And this last winter, we were. I was feeling restless, mm-hmm. real restless. Key. For knowing God's will. Restlessness is usually not from the spirit. Anyway, (laughs) I was just trying to figure out a way that we could maybe buy a newer RV because we owned one and we paid cash for it back in the summer of 2020. It got us out adventuring. We've loved it. It's been good to us. We've nicknamed it the Wallet Winnebago. Little did we know it was about to get totaled. Yes. (laughs) We didn't know that. But here we were in the dead of winter. All I could think about was we need to go somewhere warmer. I love being in our RV for many, many reasons, but one of them being our kids. Um, We have a couple of them that have some sensory things and switching beds every night or two, even just going to like an Airbnb. There's a several night learning curve just because of the new textures and feels. Mm. And we found that if we can bring our own beds, we skip that transition and we just have our own stuffed animals our own clothes our own stuff and we travel much happier as a crew um and so that we love rving we've wanted to upgrade our rv but we weren't sure if this was the right moment Mm -hmm. we've been wanting to get a newer rv for a while our rv the wallet winnebago is awesome everything's functioning but mostly if the appearance of it <laughs> is starting to flirt with. You can tell it's <laughs> almost as old as we are. Yes, it's very vintage. It's been stored outside. I mean, it's flirting with Cousin Eddie meets Breaking Bad. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> 
starting to be, you know, it was it was an opportunity for humility essentially every time we went out in it. And that's okay. That's what our family could afford to pay cash with for at that given time. Now And it was awesome. And it has been amazing. We've gotten so much value out of that thing and then some, especially now that it got totaled. Yes. This is bad. We were looking, we're thinking, okay, it is going to need to be replaced. Mm-hmm. We need to get a newer one. Well, is this the time? Should we do it? And mm-hmm. we found a really good looker. Hard not to kick myself over this one. I found one within an hour of our home, stored inside, maintained meticulously its entire life. One owner. One owner. They were good to it. That's really unique to find something like that. Yeah. Um, had a family member poo-poo it, and Amanda kind of tail between her legs, got a little shrunk. Um, but we were kind of still, we still wanted to pursue it, but I was starting to feel less confident. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that one, we let it go. And yeah, somebody else got it. But it still kind of haunted us. Haunted you. I, I still really wanted to move forward on something. Yeah. So then I found a different, um, a was- similar... RV layout mm-hmm. with, you know, the kind of the build and the bunks and the how many it slept. Different RV manufacturer with a better reputation. Mm-hmm. And we found one that was a, a great deal, or so it seemed, or so it seemed, yes. um, in Colorado. And without getting into all the details, we essentially called Camping World and asked if they could transfer it to the one here in Nebraska so we could actually see it. Yes, and so they didn't charge us to do that, but they said they would arrange that, and that you would negotiate. You'd negotiated a really good deal. A lot of negotiation going on. Talked to a lot of different people, Mm -hmm. and got the price down to a really great price. Mm -hmm. So, all right, yes, let's check it out. So they're going to bring it out from Colorado to just over the river uh, from here into Omaha essentially. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, so we went out to go check it out. Well, no, we weren't sure. We're still like, okay, well, are we, are we really doing this? Now here we are at the moment where we're going to bring up yes. what we did. Yeah, yeah. so we're we really doing this. And we thought, we've tried to figure this out on our own before. And we've never quite figured it out. Mm-hmm. We're yes, we're no, we're hot, we're cold. Waffling. Up, we're down, we're black, we're white, we're in, in out, everything. Isn't that a song? Yes. <laughs> some By some is. pop star. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we thought, let's try to do something a little bit different this time. Why are we trying to do this, figure this out on our, on our own powers with our own reasonings and deductions? And who knows if we're, you know, or the Lord knows and he'll reveal to us, are we being led by the right desires mm-hmm. or not? So we decided to ask him. Mm-hmm. And do a novena, so prayers, special prayers to help us in this decision. But if you notice, uh, they were bringing the RV over already. We didn't have nine days. We did not have the nine, the customary nine days for a novena. But you know what we did have? Nine hours. So we did a nine hour novena. And not nine hours straight, but nine hours at the start of the hour, we would say the novena prayer. Yes set alarms on our phones, mm-hmm. say the prayer, you know, for a few minutes, surrender this, 
And then the next hour, the rep bell would ring again. We'd do it mm-hmm. again for nine hours in a row. Yes. So this RV, I think, was like on its way to Nebraska. It was here, man. Or it was here I when think. we were praying this. And there were a couple of things that still needed to line up mm-hmm. financially for this entire thing to work out. Part of it was also that we were going to um, rent the thing rent out. The thing out. The time. It was going to be something our family utilized you know, maybe three, four months out of the year, but then we were going to rent it out the rest of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we were talking with other people that, you know, maybe we could consign our RV down in Texas or Florida during the winter. So we were trying to figure out those details, details with our bank, details with Camping World, and they all needed to line up that day. Mm-hmm. So we began the novena. Of course, you got to get some prayers to make that happen. And... At the start of the novena, I would say, Jonathan, we were both feeling like this is going to happen. We're going to do this. We're moving forward. Uh, yeah, 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 you know, yeah, the yeah, initial yeah, shock yeah, yeah. from the family member who wasn't a big fan of it. I'd kind of gotten into this place of I'm moving forward anyway. Mm-hmm. We're just going to do what we've discerned as the right path. <laughs> and so we were we were kind of a yes going into the day. And then over the nine hours. One more thing would fall apart. Mm hmm. Leading up to in the middle of the day when we actually got to the RV and the rig was severely damaged in multiple places that they never disclosed to us. Yeah, yeah. But they had they before they did, they moved it. They did a little walk through like, you know, on, on a phone and stuff. And it's like, oh, there's a little scratch, you know, on the floor there. And that, I mean, just general use. Not a big deal. And we saw it in person. There were, uh, you could tell they had run into, they'd backed into something. They had run the slides out into something. Oh, they ran the front cab the front, into something. The front cap over top of the, the cab where you drive, mm-hmm. the front part where the bed is, um, it was a huge crack in that. Looks like somebody, it looks like they ran into a tree or something. Um, so none of that was in the pictures. None of it was disclosed. So we're like, oh, well, okay then. And it was so great that we did the novena because like you said, at the beginning of it, we, we were all in, right? This is awesome. This thing is great. I can't wait to drive it. This is going to be wonderful. Like we were all in. Mm-hmm. And then as the day started hap- going through and as we, the prayers started happening, it was just a little bit of a shift. It was definitely more towards the like, you know, we're going to see what happens. Hmm. There was a call into the bank and it was kind of like, well, we're not sure if we can kind of get you um, this money by this day. Mm -hmm. And so that looked like it was going to waffle, but it was kind of pending. Um, A lot of these conversations were pending. Then we get to the place and it just kind of crushes everything. And we're just like, this is not the RV. And then on the drive home, the bank felt the whole bank thing folded. Just everything began to fold in that final ninth hour. Uh And so we exited the RV with absolute certainty that this was not God's will for us. Certainty and peace. Mm-hmm. At the beginning, if this would have been the day before or earlier in that day, I would have been in a bad mood. I would have been fighting for this RV. We could fix this. Or what about this? Let's try this other way. But now it's just like, okay. Clear. That's just how it is. Mm-hmm. Not supposed to do it. It was fantastic. It was so much easier, more peaceful. Than all these other times we've tried to decide things like this. Mm -hmm. And that is exactly what we're talking about today. It is. And 
without going into too much detail, we ended up doing another novena later this summer, just kind of bringing this desire to do a year long trip in an RV and to do some more adventuring as a family. We kind of brought that to the Lord and we um, paired it with a novena to St. Teresa's parents, Zaley and Louis Martin. And we're not, I'm, we're not big people who, you know, ask for signs, blah, blah, blah. But St. Therese has been known to, to shower roses down on people from heaven. Mm-hmm. And we asked for a yellow rose, kind of an obscure color. If like this desire is actually from God, or if, if we didn't get that, we were just going to let this go and let it be something that just went and died. Because not all of our desires, and we'll talk about that in a minute, are really actually from God. You know, mm-hmm. we could be making them up. Um, or stirring them when we're really not called to. And during the novena, it was so crazy this was how it came together. This was the traditional nine day. I think it was the eighth or the ninth day. We ended up getting mailed a publication from mm. the Benedictine sisters down in Gower, Missouri, where we had visited a few weeks prior to see Sister Wilhelmina. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't know that story, look it up. There, there's some Pretty interesting crazy, things being studied yeah. and looked at there. Um, her cause for canonization may or may not be something that continues to advance. Anyway, they sent us a thank you because we made a purchase and some donations. Mm-hmm. And I open the thing and there's a giant picture of a um, vase and it's filled with yellow roses. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just this quiet, well. little, quiet little confirmation of like, yes. Okay, you're not making this up. Just just know that the time will be there. And just like it was clear that day, when it is time, we'll know and everything will line up. Mm-hmm. And we don't have to fear that. Anyway, okay, so that's a story that was a little bit long-winded there, longer than I wanted it to go. But Next week on the Catholic Month. <laughs> we are really, you know, it's important to talk about how do we discern decisions that have a big financial component to them? Because some um, finances can bring out so many strong emotions. And when we're emotional, it's not that those are bad things for discernment, but sometimes they can cloud judgment. And it's important to make sure that our emotions are aligned with reason. And they're aimed towards God and his will. And sometimes they're not. So it takes a good deal of effort to just make good discernments. Mm. And when there's something, um, kind of a, a factor or a wrench thrown in that's extra emotional, like money or dating somebody, whatever, like our judgment night might not always be crystal clear. And so it's really good to just get some prudent landmarks in place to help us make these decisions. Mm-hmm. So, John, let's talk about just discernment 101 before we even talk about the money. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk. We're going to talk about discernment, talk about how to do that well, and then how to discern these money issues. Mm -hmm. So, we are, uh, we're influenced in a variety of ways most of the time. There's our wants, there's other people's wants, there's maybe some things getting kind of put in front of us by the Lord. And then, hey, there's going to be temptations. There's going to be stuff pulling us the other way, trying to get us off of the path on which we are on. Mm -hmm. And when we don't know 
which one of these things in me is from which one of those people uh it's kind of hard to make up our minds hard to make these decisions we want to make a good decision we want to follow god's will uh and do what he would want us to do in our lives so we need to figure out what that is and the process of that is what we call discernment it can be, I think, I don't know, sometimes overused or over, we can over-spiritualize some things. I need to discern what I'm going to order for dinner tonight. Or, yeah. You can decide, maybe, you know, but we, I, yeah. but we could all, I think, we, we can fall into trying to discern things that don't, maybe don't need discernment. Yes. But then, I think we often can skip over mm. discerning the things that actually need to be discerned. Sure. Uh, and so what's good is we don't have to figure this all out on our own. Not only is God ready to, to help us and reveal what he would like us to do, the church over you know the 2,000 years of her existence has given us loads of help in how to discern. Mm-hmm. And we're going to dive into some of that right now. Yeah, so the... Some of the core elements of making a good discernment. Um, and St. Ignatius, and we're going to talk more about him in a second, he actually gives seven or eight qualities on just play, a disposition mm. you need to be in um, in order to actually make a good and fair discernment. So if you want to read up more on that, those are great recommendations. But uh, two of the ones that he really does emphasize heavily is first being in a state of grace. Mm. I mean, if there is there any, like, I don't know if I could emphasize this enough. If you are not in a state of grace, your judgment and your reasoning is clouded to such a degree that you probably cannot make a good decision. Mm. This is something that you, you know, you need the the life of God living within you. And if you've committed a moral sin and you're uh, apart from the Lord, this is like must attend to immediately. We always want to be in a state of grace. If you're not, it happens. Run to confession, run to confession. And then if you've maybe been battling some venial sins and run to the Eucharist, confession and the Eucharist Con- like these need to be if as many as, as often as you can possibly attend daily mass during a week, in addition to Sunday, do it, and probably a once-a-month confession at the very minimum. A lot of the saints yeah. have outlined this as just kind of for our spiritual practices and a rule of life. Like, this is just kind of... It's like flossing your soul. This is, yes, just kind <laughs> of a what we do as Catholics who are desiring to, to know God's will and to live it in our lives. Mm-hmm. Be in a state of grace. Because it's just an assumed place from which you can even enter into this conversation of discernment. Second would be, so you're striving to stay in that state of grace. The second would be a disposition of desiring God's will mm. and just wanting his will alone, not coerce his will over to mine or not. I'm going to say thy will be done, but I actually prefer this one. You know, like, nope. <clears throat> Ignatius talks very clearly about this, that we need to be detached. And it's so challenging. It's so convicting. But really, 
We want to go into this to make a neutral discernment desiring God's will, because God's will is always for our ultimate good, always for our best, always the most oriented to be us being with him in heaven forever. Mm. Okay. And so even if the outcome of the discernment is something we don't want right now, we ultimately want what he wants. And so we're abandoning and we're desiring his will. And we're detached from the outcome that we want to see happen at the end. I tell you, when we went into this RV discernment, I didn't want the answer to be no. But I also know that, you know what? God really does know best. If this goes through the paper shredder, well, many things have been put through the paper shredder on me in the past. And I'm all for the better. So it'll be okay, even though my emotions aren't quite there yet. (laughs) okay so state of grace desiring his will and then just some really practical things and you can chime in here at any point but i'm just i wrote this part and i'm really passionate about it also i'm melancholic so this is like in my alley you like sitting around thinking about oh i love mulling over things (laughs) discerning well actually so in pat lencioni's new book what is that it's called like Six working geniuses. Six working geniuses. Discernment is my number one. Discernment and wisdom. Or no. No, no, no. What's that other one? Wonder. Wonder. No. Yes. I think that was it. So I'm always thinking up things. And then anything that comes before, I'm very, very discerning. Mm. It's just, it's a natural thing for me. So I'm all in on this. Yes, you are. Um, St. Ignatius of Loyola. I don't know if we have any of the books with us down here. I know we have the books. He's a per- there's a purple book, not he has this book. His rules of discernment are, are elsewhere, and you can get that. It's a giant work. But Father Timothy Gallagher is, in a purple book, kind of captured the 14 mm. rules for discernment. Um, and this is kind of what you were talking about earlier, knowing the difference between God's voice, the enemy's voice, and just our voice mm. as kind of a product of the culture and the people that we're around and our own preferences. How do we actually tell who's influencing our thoughts or our habits or our desires well he has 14 rules that he outlines to help Mm -hmm. you figure just that out um then that that work the 14 rules of discernment are kind of to help you start your spiritual journey Mm -hmm. and begin walking in relationship with god moving away from sin towards holiness then after that, after you've been walking with, with God for a while, the assumption is that, you know, you're growing. You're not just not every every day is not a struggle between good and evil. It starts to become a struggle between goods, many goods. Mm-hmm. And the enemy might even begin pitching forward goods to distract us from the great um, because he, he can't really get you with this old mortal sin that used to work. Now he's going to go after you by presenting some good thing to steer you away from actually doing the great that is God's actually going to call you to. And so he has another layer of questions that he asks, um, poses to somebody to ask themselves in Mm -hmm. a time when discerning between goods. I'd say these are uh, very practical. So practical. Very helpful for making a decision about something. Mm Mm-hmm. The other ones kind of help you understand how to make decisions and when to make decisions and all that. Right. The nature of discernment. These ones right here, which we are going to go into and say, it's this and this and this. These are the ones you're like, okay, when I'm making the decision, when I'm discerning something, I'm going to do this and this, and then I'm going to do that. Yep. 
and really any of um, the financial coaching clients that I've worked with that have come to me with a big financial heavy decision, I make them go through this. Mm. I make them read this book. This book is a little like peach colored book that Father Timothy Gallagher wrote and detailed out the rules of St. Ignatius about this. But essentially, the three questions that he's going to have you go through is imagine yourself instructing someone else Mm -hmm. who's coming to you, explaining this situation, explaining all the nuanced little details, etc. How would you counsel them? Mm. Because sometimes when you're yeah, removed, you give more objective advice. Yeah, you'd think, oh, well, I'd say the same thing, of course. <clears throat> but no, I know for us, mm-hmm. we've done this as like, oh, yeah, I probably would tell somebody to do this other thing. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Okay. So we shouldn't go down that path. Well, I guess I'll take my own advice then. Great. Yes. Eat my own dog food. <laughs> yeah. So then, uh, so yeah, what would you tell somebody else in the same situation? After that, think about this decision which way it's going to go and then flash forward to your deathbed or to judgment day and how do you feel about that decision then are you happy you made it do you regret it what do you think the the long-term implications of this decision are going to be Mm. and you should probably pick the one that's going to have a happier ending Yes. That one's nothing like an old, just a little bit of memento mori. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, I almost screwed up the phrase because that's my, (laughs) that's my MO. I like to screw up the phrases. Little, little memento mori of reflection on the final day Mm -hmm. to kind of, woo, sober you up and see this thing for what it's worth. (laughs) All right. And the last one, this is fantastic. It's an old pro-con list. The old I mean, pro-con. he doesn't call Come it a pro-con list, but essentially that's what it is. You're, and sometimes just by creating a pro-con list, you just see that, oh, wow, there's 50% more pros. Huh. Maybe I, you know, there's something mm-hmm. to it. it. Kind of, sometimes they really are even. And then these other questions might be more helpful. But... I found these three questions to be mm. awfully clarifying mm-hmm. for people in making some really, really big decisions yeah. with their finances. It's been very helpful for us. Yes, it truly has. Okay, so last, certainly not least, so mm. state of grace, desiring God's will, knowing just the, the, the rules of discernment that St. Ignatius has given us, mm-hmm. the last would be spiritual direction. St. Teresa of Avila is one of my heavenly disciplers. And she has lots to say about spiritual direction. Huge fan of it. Also, though, you know, in in encouraging others to to avail themselves to spiritual direction Mm -hmm. and to be obedient to a good spiritual director, but discerning who you allow to be your spiritual director. You don't want anybody here in this role. You don't want some namby-pamby, wishy-washy, maybe not faithful person in this role. She's very clear about that. And so she kind of describes who you'd want here. Just any Joe Schmo Catholic person, it's not cutting it. You need to raise the bar. <laughs> you need to raise the bar. They need to be a very serious, well-trained in the spiritual life um, type of director. And that's the type of person that you'd maybe go to. And they would help you 
not tell you what to do, but maybe help you unpack what's been going on in your discernment so that you can actually see what God's asking you bubble to the top. Mm -hmm. So those are kind of just discernment 101 basics here. I haven't really talked about the finances, but that's probably where we should go next. Let's go there. All right. So when it comes to discerning financial things, there's a couple of things that we want to put forward for you to consider when making those discernments. First is to think about your vocation, Mm -hmm. the state of life God's asked you to do, to be a part of. And are these decisions going to jeopardize your vocation? So I think probably for us, guessing a good number of people listening to this, the vocation is marriage. Or you're in the world. Yeah, so if, they, if you were called a religious life and you were going to go out and buy a, buy a Bentley, well, well you obviously know that this is called, that is a no discernment. <laughs> <laughs> you're called to poverty, okay? That's, we're, we're not going to speak into that as yeah. much. These are going to be more questions for people in the world. Mm-hmm. And so, especially if you've got a family, if you're married, you've got other people that are part of your life. And especially if with children, those who are dependent upon you, mm-hmm. uh, they are under your care. And so do these decisions impact those people in a negative way? That's something to think. Or they're going to impact them in a very positive way. So you can expand the, the kind of the lives that you're looking at a little bit to see how this, how this decision is going to play out. Mm-hmm. So to think about this. So just a few examples. Um, I jotted some down here. You know, these are tough. This is where we could ruffle some feathers. Mm. And I intentionally pulled some examples that would. But That's these are rough. these are the real real questions and discernments that we have people asking us about. Okay? So I'm gonna I'm just gonna go there. Go for I'm it. I'm not gonna give Every one of them is not going to have an easy answer. One, mm. Some of them don't have an answer. Mm. And that's where you have to kind of discern this really well. Some will have clear answers and others won't. All right. So first one would be, um, let should we buy this house that we both love, but it's going to require us both to work outside the home full time, even though one of us has been home. And, and we enjoy that situation. And we've enjoyed that and prefer that. Mm. That's a really tough call. That's a really tough discernment, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to depend on a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Ages, et cetera, blah, 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 blah. But that's, that's a question we get asked about. Mm-hmm. And so there we go. Another one. Uh, should I invest every resource that my family has into an unproven business idea that has a 50-50% chance of leaving us destitute and in ruins? Mm. <laughs> I think we made that decision at one point. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> now it's easier to, to discern that as a hard no if you've got no other parachutes to bail you out mm-hmm. if you don't have anything else and literally you're going to be in ruin and evicted and you're like that's not okay easy no but if you have viable fallback plans other parachutes that you could evict and put into play well now that choice could be made more responsibly mm-hmm. so because you're appropriately leveraging risk with your responsibilities mm-hmm. so us pursuing wallet win was okay <laughs> mm-hmm. we had other lovers we could have grabbed if we had needed to 
which we did not. Thank you, Lord. Mm-hmm. But if we didn't have any of those, Waltwin probably would not be here today. Mm-hmm. All right, another one's making big a big purchase my spouse has specifically said no to. <laughs> you looking at me like that for? There's something you got in, in mind? No. <laughs> I just know that you would probably want to do this, but you don't. <laughs> but that one is an easy yes or a no? Probably a no. You should probably speak with your spouse, understand their position more clearly so that you either agree with it or you can discuss and then maybe they will agree with you. Influence them to your side. Rally them behind this Or decision. get rallied yourself. Yeah, you guys got to rally each other in one direction or another. But yes, no decisions unless you're in agreement. Mm-hmm. All right, here's a tricky one. New job that pays better, but it's a longer commute. Oh. That's a real challenge that a lot of people face. If it's going to be 20 extra minutes a day, but it gives you the ability to have a little bit of breathing room and feeling like you can still prudently grow your family, well, that's probably worth it. Mm-hmm. Two hours extra a day? And you basically yeah, see your tough. kids for about 15 minutes at bedtime? Mm. Eh, probably not. Yeah, yeah. But again, it's dependent on the family. Mm-hmm. And there's, a, with all of these, there are so many other factors oh, that come in. a million other this. variables. You know, what is this job? How are those eight hours you're there? How are those going to be any different? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So many. What is that thing you're trying to buy? All these different things go into it. We're just going to, we're just talking quick about some of the financial side of this. Don't go saying the tech Sarah said, start a business and liquidate half of your belongings (laughs) or or whatnot. Now, another layer here that you're kind of poking at some Mm -hmm. of the variables Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that we could never know about. We could never speak into for you and vice versa is, is this, You need to be doing an examine for yourself. And if you're married, you both need to be doing it. At the end of the day, our actions and our thoughts are typically going to be rooted in either they're they're rooted in something Mm -hmm. and it's either virtue or vice. Two cities, city of God, city of man. What are we acting out of the two standards? I mean, this is everything Mm. and it's up to us. I mean, we could look good. We could play all the right stuff on the externals. We could be the Pharisees. Or air guitar Christians, as Jeff Cavins calls it, and be nothing but rotten on the inside. And we built it all on a bunch of lies and sham and advice. Mm-hmm. That's not going to end well. So we want to be making decisions, especially financial decisions, out of virtue and not vice. But this is exactly what Jesus warns us about, about money. And St. Ignatius talks about this in mm-hmm. the, the Rules of Discernment. One of the easiest most low-hanging fruit ways the enemy will try to come after us is through vice surrounding power and money mm-hmm. it's so easy just stroke my ego and give me a little bit of cash <laughs> Woo! i'm off the deep end <laughs> toby mac talks about that in that song <laughs> i don't want to lose my soul <laughs> he says he's a kid in a three-ring circus just get a little little uh, cash in the back pocket and stroke his ego and he's off. <laughs> That's all of us, right? <laughs> so we really want to make sure that virtue is paving the way here instead of vice. So let's just kind of talk about how this could look. Sure. So 
when we're, this is helps, helps evaluate if this is a good move or not. If I'm, if I'm going to do harm to myself and making these decisions. Do you want to first just say, what are the seven virtues? What are the seven vices? Sure. I'll do them in the pairs. Uh, humility and pride, charity and greed, chastity and lust, gratitude and envy, temperance and gluttony, patience and wrath and diligence and sloth. All right. Now, an example here, uh, making an investment that looks like it'll be a good one. It'll give you a healthy return. You'll have more money at the end of it. That's the plan. Okay. All right. But why am I wanting to make that decision? And this, and let's just say, you know, it checks out everywhere else. We're not doing anything evil to make that money. We're not, you know, sure. we're not, there's no moral hanky panky going on on anything else. This is all just down to what's happening inside of me. Do I want to make this investment because I'm just looking for, for more, for more money? Want to get rich? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and all the things I could get with that money or the prestige or, wow, I was just so smart for making this investment. That's not, that's going to be uh, pride, which yeah. is on the wrong end of those things. Uh, or you could be making it because, well, you know that making an investment is an important part of handling your money to be taking care of those under your charge. And that through this investment, yeah, you're going to be able to do some good and with the returns, do even more. Okay. That sounds pretty straight. Mm-hmm. I think that might be a good move. Yeah. And sometimes even if you start with the, the wrong motive, there is an opportunity always to just ask the Lord to give you the grace to make it the right motive. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Or there's always a chance to ask forgiveness for having done it from the wrong motive mm. and now be purified as you move forward. So if, if somebody's feeling convicted on any of that, it's never too late. It's never too late. Mm-hmm. God can even allow us to make decisions from our own hardened hearts and sinfulness that eventually he redeems later mm-hmm. because he's so good like that. Okay. So nobody lose hope. All right. <laughs> another one. This is a challenging one. This is really, really hard. And I get asked about this one a lot. Mm. Prioritizing Catholic education, whether it's a Catholic school or homeschool for my kids, even though it's going to mean we have to button up things, live more simply, maybe even have a side hustle versus picking the public school because it's free, Mm -hmm. but it comes with a slice of jeopardizing their soul. This is a very difficult discernment. This is a harder discernment. Not all public schools are created equally. Mm -hmm. Not all states are created equally. But we're in a time where you really can't deny that it absolutely comes with that slice, that risk. Other options have their own risks, Mm -hmm. but surrounding my children with people that are going to form them and spend more waking hours with them during these formative years, that's a huge risk. And and that's a discernment that parents will have to to take into consideration because there's financial components there. Mm -hmm. So every parent's going to need to make the best decision that they can. Yeah. And I'd say, especially with with this one or others that are can be really tricky ones. There's again, so many other variables, so many other inputs into this decision, mm-hmm. but you cannot ignore 
the financial side of it. Right, right, right. And then walk down that road of, well, okay, well, if we're sending X amount of money to this school or not making X amount of money because so-and-so is going to stay home and do homeschool, well, then what else does that do? How else does that Im- mm-hmm. impact our lives? And yep. so, of course, it isn't purely a financial decision, but it's also not purely a non-financial decision either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the virtue or the vice and maybe this example um, would be, you know, living more simply would be requiring a lot more humility. And maybe Mm. you're making this decision. You're going to be really diligent with your budget to free yourself up to do this. Um, You know, if you're going to decide to keep them in Catholic school or do homeschool out of a place of pride, and Mm. I don't want to associate with the heathens (laughs) and uh you're literally judging anybody who would ever use a public school ever that can be a real temptation that can be a real temptation um well that's something that you'd want to bring to the lord so that he can kind of write that if Mm. you will and have a more charitable stance toward this Mm. but if you're choosing public school because you are just um scared that you're going to lose a lifestyle Mm. um, because you like a comfortable lifestyle and you don't want to make the investment into Catholic education. Well, that might be a little bit of ice and you might be called to a greater degree of humility and charity for your kids. So again, vice or virtue, you need to sift through the motives and actually look. Mm -hmm. So of course we talked about all those discernment tools er earlier We talked about really diving into your own examine and um, what your vocation, your reality, is this reasonable? What is reasonable given your exact situation? What's reasonable for that family might not be true for you. Mm -hmm. You have to take into exact account your situation and circumstances and then where's virtue, where's vice and how you make sure to proceed from a place of virtue. Mm. boom 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 so we talked about those discernment principles and those tools and you know i'm i think that's about it i think that's all we got we want to wrap this up and by encouraging you if this is something that you like talking about and you want more information on how to integrate your catholic faith your call as disciples of christ and your money Join us in an upcoming training that we're going to do called How to Win with Money Without Losing Your Soul. Mm. You can register at walletwin.com slash soul. And we're going to talk about more about this. If you like this topic, we're just going to expand it more in that conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, we'd love, we're going to have two different times for this training. So if there's an evening time and a daytime time, depending on, you know, are you working during the day? Are you home during the day? etc. Mm-hmm. So walletwin.com slash soul. Grab your seat. We'd love to have you there. You can um, submit some questions to us via email in advance if you want to make, make sure that those get answered at the end during our Q&A. And uh, we'll see you there. Until next time. Bye, bye for, for now. now. This podcast is part of the Spoke Street Network. For more great podcasts, visit Spokestreet.com.